Hey folks, so this is Jesse Cope again with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing good. We're going to bypass one of our little walks again today. I apologize folks, but this may become a little bit normal. Found a spot to record this podcast and it it works pretty well. So we're going to try this out at least for a while. So today... What I would like to get into is we're going to talk about one of our presidents and kind of go over some of his comments about God and education and what helps produce good citizens. And as always, folks, I don't... I don't pick up current events that often, although we did a podcast with all the debacle in Afghanistan a month or so ago. I guess really it's still a debacle and will be for quite some time, sadly. But all of this, all of these topics, folks, even if we're not talking specifically about one particular current event, they're relevant to so much that's going on in our society today because all of the issues that we see in our country today can be traced back to this idea, the, the decision whether we are a Christian nation or not. And the modern myth of separation in church of state that has taken God and the Bible out of so many families and homes and our education system, our communities, This separation away from God is what's driving all of the destruction we see today, all of the evil that we see today. And it has, folks, our entire history. The times when we have done things wrong as a nation are the times that we have rejected God and His commands and rejected our founding faith and principles. The difference today within the last 50 years or so is just how insidious this has become. We've, we've become, we've gotten to the point where we are indoctrinating our kids with this idea that God the Father of Jesus Christ and His commands and the teachings of Christ have no place in our politics, in our education, nowhere in our public sphere. And it is just ripping us apart. So we're going to talk about, the president we're going to talk about is John Quincy Adams. He was the sixth president of the United States, from, lived from 1767 till 1848. He was the son of John Adams, second president, and his mother, Abigail Adams, who we've talked about on this podcast before. And he did quite a bit, folks, throughout his career. At the age of 14, he received a congressional appointment to the court of Catherine the Great in Russia. He was a U.S. senator, U.S. minister to France and to Britain. Uh, He negotiated the Treaty of Ghent, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which ended the War of 1812. He was Secretary of State for President Monroe 
and in that position gained Florida in 1819 to help spread the Monroe Doctrine. And he is the only president to re-enter politics after having served as president. He became a congressman in 1831 and was an ardent opponent of slavery. The nickname that I have read before here is the hellhound of slavery. And so a pretty important figure in our nation's history. And we're just going to read through a few of his quotes and talk about some of them. And you can compare this to what you see today. One of his quotes that he gave when he was fighting against slavery, because it was a pretty hard fight, especially early on. There weren't a lot of people that were very supportive of it. And he responded as to why he didn't get discouraged. He said, duty is ours. Results are God's. It's such a simple quote, but it's so different than what we see so often today where we want to blame everybody else for the problems that we have, right? Instead of just doing the best that we can with the abilities that God has given us and letting God worry about the rest of it, right? So another, from John Quincy Adam, another letter that I would like to look at, when he was an ambassador to Russia, for the second time, uh, September 1811. He wrote to one of his sons, and here's a little bit of that letter. His son mentioned the fact that he was reading the Bible each night. This information gave me real pleasure, for so great is my veneration for the Bible, and so strong my belief that when duly read and meditated on, it is of all books in the world that which contributes most to make men good, wise, and happy. That the earlier my children begin to read it, the more steadily they pursue the practice of reading it throughout their lives, the more lively and confident will be my hopes that they will prove useful citizens to their country, respectable members of society, and a real blessing to their parents. I have myself for many years made it a practice to read through the Bible once every year. My custom is to read four to five chapters every morning immediately after rising from my bed. It employs about an hour of my time. It is essential, my son, in order that you may go through life with comfort to yourself and usefulness to your fellow creatures that you should form and adopt certain rules or principles for the government of your own conduct and temper. It is in the Bible that you must learn them, and from the Bible, how to practice them. And the letter goes on, folks, but I think it's imperative today to see uh, one of our past presidents and you can make an argument about how good or bad he was, but one of our past presidents who at least fought against slavery, talking to his own children about the importance of reading the Bible in their education to help them become productive citizens. And this, as we've talked about on the show time and again, folks, this is a common opinion of our founding generation. 
by far more common than not. And so this idea today that we have to keep the Bible out of school, keep God out of school, that's almost that's just the exact opposite of what our founders wrote down and what they felt like our founding generation, they knew that we needed God's protection and his blessings and that his principles were the ones that helped children grow up to be productive citizens, to be useful to their country and to their fellow citizens. And folks, this if this if I'm gonna dip into modern politics at all, public education, in my opinion, is a really phenomenal institution when it's run well. But we're not running it well today. And if we're not going to run it well, then we've got to have some alternatives as a nation. We've got to give parents and really all taxpayers who love this country the ability to send their money and their children to places of education that are going to, as Quincy said here to his son, that are going to make them productive citizens, that are going to make them useful to their fellow man. You know, places that teach them the Bible, our founding faith and principles. And y'all may all have different opinions, folks, but one that I gravitate to more and more is that we have got to have some kind of universal school choice. And I, it will help folks, not only the private and the home schools, but it will help the public schools because it'll add competition to it. And, but we've got to have a way to instruct our children in the founding faith and principles of our country like our founders did with their own children. So we'll keep going. On July 4th, 1821, this is from John Quincy Adams, talking about our American Revolution. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. From the day of the Declaration, they, the American people, were bound by the laws of God, which they all, and by the laws of the gospel, which they nearly all, acknowledged as the rules of their conduct. Really important here, folks, two things. One, Adams is saying that the principles of government in America were indissolubly linked to the principles of Christianity in our American Revolution. That's so important because if we lose those bonds as we are today, then we no longer have a free country. We no longer have our republic. And that's exactly what you see today. We're losing our republic very rapidly. And the only way to get it back, it's not to put our trust in one politician or another or one party or another. It's to, at the family and local level, start to put those teachings of Christ back in to our own lives, but then also demand that from our government. Demand that they hold true to our founding faith and principles. And the other thing in this little quote that's extremely interesting and important is he was saying that 
all of the American founding generation understood that they were bound by the laws of God and that nearly all of them understood that those laws included the laws of the gospel. So what he's getting at here is that everybody acknowledged God and then almost everybody acknowledged specifically God the Father of Jesus Christ. So to pretend that America is not a Christian nation, those people are out of step with truth and history. That's just not factual at all. So that's just a great quote there. And then one more I think we've got time for. We will look at a quote from July 4th again, 61st anniversary of the signing of the Declaration. And this is a quote John Quincy Adams was talking to the inhabitants of a particular town. Why is it that next to the birthday of the Savior of the world, your most joyous and most venerated festival returns to this day? Talking about Independence Day again. Is it not that in the chain of human events, the birthday of the nation is indissolubly linked with the birthday of the Savior, that it forms a leading event in the progress of the gospel dispensation? Is it not that the Declaration of Independence first organized the social compact on the foundation of the Redeemer's mission upon earth? that it laid the cornerstone of human government upon the first precepts of Christianity and gave to the world the first irrevocable pledge of the fulfillment of the prophecies announced directly from heaven at the birth of the Savior and predicted by the greatest of the Hebrew prophets 600 years before. I don't think you get any more specific than that, folks, and this is again from one of our presidents. But it's, it's a general representation of what most of the founding population felt. It's not from 20th century Fox or CNN or MSNBC or whatever you get online or in magazines. This is what people actually said. This is what we need to teach our children and remind them that, that the fact that our country is linked that it was born a Christian nation, as President Wilson said. That's a fact. When you support that, you're supporting the truth in history. When you stand against that, you're the one that's out of step with truth and history. And we need to be bold, folks, in acknowledging that truth for our country. Just as Christians, we need to be bold in acknowledging the truth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, that He died for our sins and and that we can have salvation and freedom from our sins to live in eternity in heaven with God. We need to acknowledge that as a Christian. Well, we just as desperately need to acknowledge for our country as a whole this link to the principles of Christ and His teachings. Because otherwise, folks, we're not going to have a country left. And that's what it really comes down to. And at some point, you're going to have to hurt some people's feelings. And push may come to shove. There's a lot going on right now. But we have got to quit to allow this totally false and unfactual, unbased narrative to continue to be pushed onto our children in particular in education, but across our country in politics and our institutions. At any rate, folks, I think I've taken enough time. 
from you all today. I thank you so much. I was remiss. I didn't do this at the beginning, but thank you for those of y'all that have joined today and other days. Thank y'all for who are sharing the podcast and continuing to spread it by word of mouth. It helps so much, so much. And I hope that y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless y'all. God bless America. We'll talk to you again real soon.